Well, you know, a rough thing this morning, I only have three and a half hours to preach my 12-hour message. Uh, so it's going to be tough. But you know, one of the saddest things in life is for a person when they're through with life to say, I would have, could have, should have. You know, when life is over for me, I want to live it all. I want to bust it out at the seams. I want to touch everybody I meet. I've touched a lot, but kind of the wrong way. As a deputy sheriff, I didn't win friends and influence people a lot of times. Uh, and, you know, every time when I was a deputy sheriff and I wrote a ticket, I would leave them with, well, have a nice day. And and I heard some of them murmur something which I will not repeat. But you know what? With Christ, you can have a nice day in the midst of adversity. I'm going to talk to you today about if you can think it, you can achieve it. Seven keys to refire your faith. Um, starting off, let me say this. You're never too young and you're never too old to win or be successful. Many people say, well, I'm just getting started. And then the other side says, I'm finished. No, you're not finished. As long as you're breathing, as long as you can speak, you can speak your future. You can bring about the things God wanted you to bring about that had never has happened yet. For instance, do you know how old David was when he killed a Goliath? We all know he did, but how old was he? He was between 13 and 15 years old. Do you think I, as a deputy sheriff, when I'm in the midst midst of a a fight or something, they say, well, we're going to send someone to help you. I said, well, send that 10-year-old. Are you kidding me? But but you're never too young. And you take... uh, When Joshua was old, God said when he was very old in one translation... God said, Joshua, you've grown old, but there's still much land for you to take control of. So what's going on in your life? As Pam and I travel around, and my sisters I met at at Denny's, uh, and right now, I I remember the night I met her. I was having pancakes. I never thought I'd have an event. But I met her, and all of a sudden I said, Wow, this is a day the Lord has made, and I'm about, it was nighttime, I was going to eat and go home. I said, and the Lord's got something here for me, hallelujah. He blessed me, and God wants to bless you. But in all the years I've seen, I went on, as a deputy, on suicide, I went on domestics, I went on all kinds of things, and people were, were, why were they messed up? Why were single? Because they thought it was the end. I don't care how young and I don't care how old you are today. If you don't have a plan for tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, you need to get with somebody and help encourage you. Hallelujah. You know, big results. Say big results. Big results for Start out with little thoughts. So today, if your health isn't what you want it to be, if your finances are lacking, if relationships uh, are going south on you, little thoughts create big, big rewards. I'm reading from the easy-to-read version starting with John 14, 1. Jesus said, don't be troubled. Now, right there, I could preach for three weeks, don't be troubled. Have you got problems today, you think? Don't be troubled. Trust in God, trust in me. There are many rooms in my father's house. I would not tell this if it were not true. I am going to prepare a place for you. After I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. Then I will take you with me so that you can be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? You know, there's many things you're facing today, and you think you don't know the way. Well, God's been there, and he's done that. Jesus answered, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through me. If you really knew me, really knew me, you know, Pam's got my cell phone, but you know, I don't know about you, but I spend way more time on that phone than I do in the Bible. But you know, when problems come, when I got to go to the doctor, I'm not feeling away. I cry out to the Lord. Well, I forget whether it was Billy Burke or who it was in me. He says, you want, you know what to do when the pressure's on? Who you have spent the most time with, go there. If you're in the Word of God, go to Christ. If you don't read your Bible, then I suggest go to the doctors. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. That's all we need. Jesus entered films. I have been with you for a long time. So you should know me. Anyone who has seen me sees the Father. So why do you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father in me? The things I have told you don't come from me. They come from the Father who lives in me. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or believe me because of the miracles I have done. Now I want you to focus this at verse 12 on, on, uh, on a verse 12 and 13. I can assuredly, I can assure you that what, whoever believes in me will do the same things I have done. And they will do even greater things than these because I go to the Father. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Then the Father glory, then the Father's glory will be shown through the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. People, we are living way too short of what God wants us to. I assure you what comes out of your mouth will happen in time. I told Pam coming to church today, I said, you know, I don't believe that we'll be around that long. But if we, if mankind is, there's coming a day when you won't have to speak it anymore. Your computer will get the power from what your, your brain waves produce. You are producing energy, good or bad, 24-7. What you believe, who you run with. I was watching Melissa the other day on her program. I am telling you, uh, I've seen more in her program than I have seen in major ministry telecasts. I'm going to be involved in their program. Uh, I wish I was a millionaire. Uh, they would enjoy my participation a little bit more. But I told Pam last night, I'm going to be involved in their life to 100% of whatever I can be. I'm going to see that God's word is carried on this word. I'm going to see the dead raised. I'm going to see people healed. I had a daughter that we buried in September. Somebody said, how do you say I want to see someone healed? Your daughter, your own daughter died. That was in September. I got a future. What happened? I don't know. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly because the devil got in somewhere and and done something his way doesn't mean I'm not going to do it God's way. Going on, he said, if you love me, you'll do what I command. I will ask the Father and he will give you another, another helper to be with you forever. Have you, has things got so bad in your life that you've laid off your help? God gave us a helper. He's called the Holy Spirit. Most people, I say, where is the Holy Spirit? I don't know. I don't know if I ever employed him yet. Some of them have employed him yet. They haven't employed the helper, not alone laid him off. What is it? When's the last time? You know, I was with the sheriff department for 45 years. And a lot of people on the sheriff department, I see comments back and forth. And do you know, it's not just a sheriff department, it's life. It's the people you've met here and there. Do you know they live? like a really rat most of their life, but then they die, and everybody says, we'll see you in heaven. <laughs> I mean, 
never tithed, never won anyone to the Lord, lived however they wanted to, ignored God all the, matter of fact, GD this, GD that, cursed God there, and then when they die, they send flowers and call him a saint. I will ask the Father and he will give you another cover to be with you forever. The helper is a spirit of truth. The people of the world cannot accept him because they don't see him or know him. But you know him. He lives with you and he will be in you. Verse 27 says, I leave you peace. It is my own peace I give you. Now first let me stop right there and tell you. I don't, if you're, whatever you're going through in life, physically, socially, if you don't have a peace in it, guess what? God's not involved to the degree he wants to be. He said, I leave you peace. If you don't have peace, guess who you are left with? It's the devil. He says, I give you peace a different way that the world does. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. Mark sixteen fifteen, And Jesus said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, don't listen to this. If you made Jesus the Lord of your life, let's either tear the page out of the Bible that we don't agree with, or let's let's do it. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. We're to lay hands on the sick. And the people's going to recover. Last week, Eddie and our family was down at Bradyton watching Billy Burke, who was healed of cancer in the brain at a very young age. Miracle after miracle after miracle. I mean, one night we was there, and am I right? That man had to carry his wife up to, uh, she couldn't walk. And he basically carried her up to Billy Burke. And here here was a young teenage uh, son, maybe a little younger than that, but anyway, carried uh, Billy Burke laid hands on her, she started running around the room. The the husband was crying. The, the son ran up, uh, and boy, probably, I don't know if he was there, I can feel that night now. But the son ran up and just hugged, hugged, but it wouldn't let him go, hugged him, hugged him and crying and crying. And here's a young mother, a young wife, who couldn't walk when she came in, running around the room. Yes. People, who's, who is it that we see every day? They're not walking. I am believing Frank is my friend. I pray for Frank. He, if he, if, if me and him was young together, they can make the two little rascals instead of the, the, the bunch of little rascals. Uh, but I am believing, I don't know if it was tomorrow, next week, but I'm believing Frank, he, he may not get up and say, I'm going to run a triathlon next week. I'm believing one, he's going to wake up and he's going, Ruby, you know what? I can do this today. I couldn't do that right? yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I think I can win. Yeah. Remember, remember the little train? I think I can. I think I can. I think I, I think we all need to win. Hallelujah. I think wherever I go, the little girl at Denny's the other day made me happy, cheered me up. I mean, have, have you ever met any boring people in life? Don't, don't point to them right now, but, it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I want to run, I want to soar with the eagles. I remember as a child, um, my hero was Elvis Presley, and I always got to see him here and there. But I mean, when I met him, it was, this is the man. This is the man. Uh, and he was nice as he could be. I want to run with winners, not losers. Now, Seven keys, and I gotta go through this real quick. Clock, I say, I gotta be done by four o'clock. Uh, stay in the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God, not on your cell phones. I spend way too much time in there. I know what everybody thinks in the world. 
sometimes accept God. I know what the uh, prophets, I, I mean, is Trump still in office? I see so many prophets telling me he's there. I haven't seen him being there. I, 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 uh, I called my son-in-law, Scott Nichol, and I, well now I said, Scott, I just want, look, look pretty good to me. I said, I just seen this prophet. I think it was a Friday night, and I said, you have till Tuesday to get gas and food and, and candles maybe. But I said, I just seen this guy. They have troops battered down in Washington DC ready to come up and start arresting people. And, and I said, you know, what's caught me in gas anyway? Better be sure. And I seen all of this left right. And you know what? Nothing happened. You know, it's important who you run with. You know, when I was, uh, I won't mention, but some major ministries I was around, uh, you know what surrounds you in life when you become successful? People to help the devil rob you of your success. And the first thing they do is rob you of your thoughts, I can. Instead of saying, I think I can, I think I can, you run around with them very long and you say, I don't believe I'll get it. I don't believe I'll get it. I want to run with people who encourage, you know, my mom encouraged me. (laughs) When I was an outright loser, my mom would say, you're going to win, I love you, you're okay. I want to run with people like that today. Hallelujah. But you got to study the Word of God. Study your, uh, study, be eager to do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trials. It said tested by trials. Tested, study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trials. You knew before you win, you're going to have some tests. You know the guy that wins in a triathlon, the guy that wins in his, uh, I don't care if it's basketball, football, hydro, the guy that done that has put many hours you didn't see in sweat, getting up early, working out all day, eating the right food. He didn't just run across the finish line and win. You say, wow, that's easy. No, he, he was tested by trials. A workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly, listen to this, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. So if you're going to win, if you want your faith to fire up, if you're going to be believe to run, if you're going to believe to be healed, if you're going to believe to buy the house you dreamed of, you're going to have to do these things and you're going to have to have the word of truth in you. Number two, pray and expect God to show up. I, you know, I expect sometimes every day. I look out on my front porch and I expect a package to show up because I've been praying to Amazon. And they're pretty accurate. For a while, I had to change my prayer because they was leaving stuff out in my yard. So I called back. My prayer, my words were, put it in my front porch. Then Now my, my when I get my package, it says, W.C. Bullinger, put on front porch, inside door. And they do it. Why do they do that? Because I've had contact with Amazon. They didn't just, I don't, I've never got a package that don't belong to me, just showed up. And I, when I went on my porch, I had to ask for, what are you asking God for in faith believing? When I order from Amazon, two things I have faith for. Number one, I'm going to get it. Number two, I'm going to pay for it. And it's always been that way so far. When you pray to God, you're going to get it, but you've got to do something for it. What do you got to do? Stay in the Word. Study to show yourself approved. Right, divine. You know, there's enough. If you don't, if you don't watch out, you know, you know the word, but you fail because you didn't rightly decide. Um, expect God to show up. 
Daniel, uh, in, in Daniel 10, 12, the angel came to Daniel one day and he said, Daniel, don't be afraid. From the very first day, say first day, from the very first day your prayer's done something. Now you may not believe it, but God believes it. And the devil believes it. But he said, Daniel, don't be afraid. From the very first day you decided to get wisdom and to be humble in front of God, he has been listening to your prayers. I came to you because I have, uh, because you have been praying. But the prince, the angel of Persia, has been fighting against me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the most important prince angels, came to help me because I've been stuck. Say stuck. Because you prayed it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to. It may have been stuck because there's a warfare going on in your behalf. In World War One, World War Two, in the Revolutionary War, there was a war. It didn't end overnight. Sometimes it looked like we were stuck and wasn't going good, but thank God it turned out okay. Number three, I have to have a winning attitude. You know, Pastor David Blunt, Dave, not, that's another friend of mine, Pastor Dave, Dave Horton, Scarlett, myself, every pastor. You know what we get to see when we preach? Sometimes we look out over a crowd and we say, I don't want to preach this message on victory, man. It's, I mean, if I preach this today, I feel like I'm going to raise the dead. <laughs> you know, you can look at a person and say what kind of attitude they got. David moved from a shepherd to a warrior because of an attitude. The whole nation was hiding and shaking in their pockets as Goliath caused them to live in fear. David told the king, I have been, not, now, this is from the message version. Uh, <laughs> I really liked it. David told King Saul, I've been a shepherd tending my father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I'd go after it. Say go after Go after the one who has made you paralyzed. Go after the one who has caused you to be sick. Go after the one who's robbed you of your finances. Go after the one who's robbed you of your joy. That's what he did. You know, most people, when a lion and a bear came and took a sheep, you know what most of us would do? You have him. You have him. I don't want him. It's not worth it. But he says, he says, I'd go after it, knock it down, rescue my lamb. If it turned on me, I would grab it by the throat, wring its neck, and kill him. Why don't you grab the enemy instead of saying, I can't walk? You, you know, one time, I didn't have a winning attitude. I got up one morning and, and my leg, I mean, I couldn't stand. I got up and my leg, the paint. Anyway, I, I, I grabbed hold of my dresser and things and I walked around and, and, uh, I had a cane or something I would use or pulled, but I used it. I called the doctor. I got, I got this pain. I said, you know, when pain hits first, the doctor comes to mind quick. It's supposed to be, what's the word say? And if I'm around Eddie, Melissa and Rebecca, I'll think, what's the word say? But if I'm wearing some of the sheriff's But I get up, and I can't hardly walk. And I go to the doctor and say, oh, man, you got troubles. Right here in River City. <laughs> and Tar Springs, Florida, you got troubles. And they're bigger troubles than I can handle. i got to see you to a specialist. So I went to a specialist. He agreed with the doctor. You got troubles. Oh, what, what does that mean? I have to operate. We have to cut your tendons, and I don't want it to stretch or do something apart and then do something to get it longer or shorter or whatever. Uh, well, I couldn't walk. I wanted to walk. They said, I got to do it. I said, okay. So he schedules a boy But somebody told me I exercise, I needed to stretch that. So actually, the day I went for my surgery, I walked in, and I said, hey, I've been doing this exercise, I don't have no problem now. He said, well, then we don't need to have an, an operation. 
You know, just the bill of the operation ought to make a person a faith believer. <laughs> just the bill. I mean, you may you may feel like the pain's got you crippled, and and you're. But I mean, just when they show you the bill, I'm healed, doctor. I, man, I thought I felt, but I'm doing good now. Forget it. But I want to tell you why. I had pain situated my body, and all did. Someone told me what to do, and I did it, and my body heal itself through the power of God's Word. But you know what? I had to have a different attitude. I could have sat home and said, wait till the day of operation, but I got up every day and I'd done these exercises and it worked. But you know, I, I kind of like, uh, uh, he says, I killed the lion, I killed the bear, I wring its neck and I'll, I'll kill it because of me. You need to do the same thing. When the, the spirit of sickness comes your way. And I, I like doctors. I thank God for doctors. And you know what? The great physician who is who taught them, they didn't teach themselves. So whatever, if, if, if I am not in the word, if I'm under such attack, I need to call for help, I'm going to do it. Your attitude going in will generally determine your attitude coming out. And I'm just going to basically read these two. Uh, but your number four is stay in God-given relationships. You know, Samson, if you know Samson, God told him not to cut his hair. He knew, you know, he knew what God said. He knew what God said. But he met Delilah. And the relationship that he chose to be involved in overrode the Word of God. So, without going that in, discern God-given relationships. They can take you to success or defeat, and they'll determine the speed of which one you get there. Number five, expect God to perform His Word. Job said, everything that I fear has come upon me. I was afraid something, he said, I was afraid something terrible would happen. And what I feared most has happened. I cannot, I, excuse me, I cannot calm down or relax. I'm so upset. And one translation, I wasn't quiet. I'm so upset I wasn't quiet. What you do, what you say when the problem's come at you will determine how the problems leave. Learn to expect what God says to happen, not what the devil says was happen. Number six, always stay involved in God's business. If I'm involved in what God's telling me to do, generally speaking, you'll forget what the devil's doing. Because God will remind you. You know, when you go to a doctor and you ask him what to do, and he says, take these pills three times a day. What happens if you don't take them three times a day? And you go back in a week and say, nothing happened. The doctor said, well, did you do what I said? No. Stay involved in God's business. Uh, and number seven, I want Pam to share that with you on worship. I'm switching my Hallelujah. Intimacy with God through worship is one of the most important things if you want to live in victory that you will ever learn. If there was such a thing as a shortcut from disaster, despair, attacks of the enemy into victory, it would be worship. It would be worship. Worship is a powerful, powerful thing. I love this scripture from Philippians 3, verse 10 from the Amplified Bible. 
It says, for my determined purpose is that I may know him and that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the worst, the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. You don't have to understand everything on the internet about what you're going through. You need to have a determined purpose to know him, to press into him, and to be intimate with him. That same scripture from the Living Bible says, now I have given up everything else. I have found it to be the only way to really know Christ and to experience the mighty power that brought him back to life again and find out what it means to suffer and die with him. So whatever it takes, I will be one who lives in the fresh newness of life who are alive from the dead. Don't you want to live in the fresh newness of life? Revelation 2, 1 through 5, and I'm going through these very quickly. I know we're running out of time here. To the angel, the messenger, the assembly, the church in Ephesus, write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars, which are the messengers of the seven churches in his right hand, who goes about among the seven golden lampstands, which are the seven churches. I know, this is Revelation 2, 1 through 5. I know your industry. They were busy. They were working. I know your activities. They were active. Your laborious toil and trouble and your patient endurance. Wow, these people have got it going on, I'm telling you. And how you cannot tolerate wicked men and you have tested and critically appraised those who claim to be apostles and are not and you have found them to be imposters and liars. I mean, these people have discernment. They are able to spot the wicked, get away from them, recognize false prophets. I mean, my goodness. Oh, wow. And it goes on, this, this heralding all their wonderful works. It says, I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake. And you have not fainted and you have not been exhausted or grown weary. Now, let me tell you something. Any pastor would want to sign these people up. They have got it going on. They are strong. They are able to face adversity. I mean, if there's a dean's list in the church, these these folks are going to be on it, right? But what does the Lord say? Yeah, you got all that. But verse 4, I have this one charge to make against you. You have left and abandoned your first love. You have deserted me, your first love. Remember then from what heights you have fallen. Repent. Change the inner man to meet God's will and do the works you did previously when first you knew the Lord or else I will visit you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you change your mind and repent. You can have all the works, you can have all the labor, you can have all these good qualities. But let me tell you, he wants to be your first love. Psalm 27, 4, one thing have I desired of the Lord. That is what I will seek after. This, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing have I desired. What did we read in Philippians? My determined purpose is this. You have to become single-minded about your pursuit and your prayer and your worship and your intimacy with God. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. 
It says, let's go back to that one. The one, the, uh, Psalm 100. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Let's go back to verse two. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. Come before his presence with singing. Come before his presence with singing. That's his protocol for his presence. He said, well, I'm not a singer. Yeah, well, you can make a joyful noise. It said that too. Come on now. If I tell you, uh, Charlie, Dave, Nathan, you're coming over to my house for dinner. You're going to come before my presence. But if you're not singing when you get to the front door, forget it, baby. You ain't coming in. If you want to eat, you're going to, you're going to strike a tune. Now for Nathan, that might not be hard because he's a good singer. But I never heard you two sing. You probably can sing pretty good too. I don't know. But if that's my protocol, then you're going to have to abide by it if you want to come to my house. And the reason so many people do not really get into that intimate, deep place of worship and intimacy with God because they won't sing. And that's his protocol. Singing. Come before his presence with singing. Praise. Thanksgiving. Adoration. Exalting him. Oh, magnify the Lord. What happens? What's a magnifying glass do? Whoa, it makes things bigger. It makes things bigger. So when you start magnifying the Lord, he gets bigger. He gets bigger than your problems. He gets bigger than what you're facing. Magnify the Lord. How much time you spend a day in singing to him, magnifying him, determines what is biggest in your life. Are you trying to get in his presence some other way? It's not going to work. Is worship a way of life for you? If it isn't, you need to make a decision today. It's going to be. See, worship used to be the devil's job in heaven. So who do you think he hates when you start worshiping? He hates you. You've got the position he used to have, and he doesn't like it. So it's going to be, you know... Oh my goodness, the phone's ringing. Oh my goodness, you know, I need to do this. Oh my goodness, I gotta call so and so, I gotta text so I got No! Zip it! Get in his presence and stay there until you have a sweet, intimate encounter with him. And then you will come out in victory. Some people spend more time talking about their love for their wife, their love for their husband, their love for their job. Their love for anything and everything than they do just in his presence saying, God, I love you. I love you. You're everything. I need you. I love you. I desire you. He's a jealous God. And what did he say against him? I have somewhat against you because you've left your first love. It's time. If we want to walk in true victory in life to have that intimate worship experience with God. Amen. Hallelujah. I I want to introduce our daughter Kim Adams and our great granddaughter Michaela as they come and they're going to minister a worship dance. But let me tell you something. God's not looking for spectators. He's looking for worshipers. And as they worship today, you're like Pastor Walt said, your attitude determines everything. If you'll enter in and you'll worship God along with them, God is going to reveal himself to you today. There's things God wants to do today. He's shown me some things in the spirit. But you know what? If we don't worship him, if we don't draw upon his presence, if we don't set our expectation and our hope and reach and praise and believe. You know, what did it say about Jesus? He could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. God wants to touch you today. Every single person in every way that you need it. We all have different sets of problems. Amen.
But God is the all-sufficient one, and he is the healer, and he deserves our worship, and he deserves our praise. So I don't care if you want to dance, if you want to twirl, if you want to raise your hands, if you want to kneel, whatever you want to do, just do something. Respond in worship to him today as they minister.
adore you today. We bless you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's just stand to our feet for a minute and just worship him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Okay, I think it's kind of in the middle. We need to go back to the very first song. get there no I want number one okay thank you we worship you Jesus hallelujah praise you glory to you you deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. Praise you, Lord. We bless you. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name you deserve the glory and the honor Lord we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name you are great you do miracles so great There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. As we lift your holy name, you deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else.
can I play him, but just turn it down, just kind of, kind of soft a little bit. John and Crystal, would you come up here, please? Pastor Walt, if you come up here too. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just stand here in front of us. If I could just have a couple, couple guys to stand behind them, that'd be wonderful. In just a few days, something is going to happen. This is cracking me up. But something that God saw before you were ever formed in your mother's wombs, something miraculous is going to happen in just a few days. And the areas of your life where there has been so much sorrow, so much sorrow, God is turning your mourning into dancing. He is turning it around. And you both, in your own way, have had a call for missions, a call for evangelism. You didn't even know each other, but you both loved the same things. And that's something in God cool. He is so cool. But I just really believe today that there's a just a fresh impartation on both of you. And God wants you to know that the two of you joining together is indeed multiplying, not just twice, but many times over the magnitude of his voice, his word, and his spirit. And you are a voice wherever you go. You are people of influence. And there's a fresh anointing on both of you. And I want Pastor Walt and I just to lay hands on you. And if there's something you want to minister. Obviously, I've known you a long time. I want the best God has for you. I want you to believe in you. Do you know Elvis Presley was fired by the Grand Ole Opry when he started off? They say it never amounts to nothing. I have dreams and goals. I believe the best is yet to come in your life. As I find out the Spirit of God is running through my fingertips. And Father, I just lay my hands upon them in Jesus' name. That the anointing that breaks the oak come upon them. Let the power of the Holy Ghost overshadow them and that their dreams will quickly, will quickly, will quickly come to pass. And that the right people that they need in their lives to have this happen, they'll discern, they'll know them, and they'll run with the eagles. They'll soar with the eagles. They'll run with champions. They'll minister to everybody, Father. But people who you've assigned to them to help their dreams come true, let them decipher and discern that and be there in the midst of victory. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Fresh mantle and fresh And I just break every spirit of the devil, every spirit of grief, every spirit of torment, every spirit of regret, every spirit of shame, every spirit of of feeling inadequate in Jesus' name. And I say, you are champions, and God is going to use you. And I just... Place We place our hands on you and release unto you the generational blessings. The generational blessings of God on you that have been spoken over this family by so many, 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 many ministers. I remember not long ago when Pastor W.B. Grant said to us, he said, the mantle... And he said the same thing to Eddie. The mantle that's on me is on you, that anointing. He said that to Walt and I. And he said, but not only is it on you, he said, you and your family are going to have a double portion of what I have. 
and baby, you just ain't seen nothing yet. Hallelujah. Love you guys. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now turn it up just a little bit more. Let's just continue to worship. God's got things He wants to do here today. Cool. What do you have to tell them? Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Nathan, come here, please. You have never totally seen the magnitude of what God has for you. Because it's not a little bitty thing. It's a big thing. And there are certain things in your life that have happened that you have not understood at all. Trust me. Trust me. Because there's nothing that leaves your life that I don't have something better for you. Trust him. Worship him. Let him work it out. And I just break the power of the spirits of sorrow, loss, loneliness in Jesus' name. God... Just as Pastor Walt talked today about right relationships, Lord, I pray that the right people will just find Nathan irresistible and will not be able to stay away from him, but the wrong people will just run into a shield. I see around you, Nathan, I see angels, warring angels, like ready to fight off wrong relationships. So I just say it and I just say, Thy will be done, God, in Nathan's life. Thy will be done. And those prayers, Mom and Dad, those prayers, God is bringing them to pass. So you rejoice and you worship God. And no matter what you see in the natural, say, we trust you, God. There's a call on your family. There always has been all of you. And we love you guys. And we're proud of you. And we're excited to see what God is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me show this to you. for some more people in just a minute but right now I just want to take an opportunity to just ask you the most important question that you will ever be asked in your life and that is this is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life have you made Jesus your personal Savior have you said that forever yes to him do you believe that Jesus went to the cross and died for you, taking your sins and rising from the dead so that you could have an eternal, abundant life with him. If you say, yes, I believe that, have you said that forever? Yes. Have you yielded? Have you said, God, you gave your life, now here's mine. 
Jesus, I want you. And, you know, we have people here and we have people online. So I'm just going to ask us, let's just pray this prayer together. Let's just all pray this prayer out loud together. Father God, in Jesus' name, right now, I commit myself to you. I believe Jesus died for me. He rose from the dead. And right now, I say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I will follow you and serve you forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Amen.